You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Monday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to on this Monday. Talking about BYU continuing to move up in the national polls after the win over the University of Houston. Also talking about our film review of the Cougars and the Cougars. What did I take away after re-watching the game? Also talk about the announcement that BYU will have 6,000 fans in the stands this coming Saturday night against Texas State. And of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on with the Cougars with some of the other teams in action over the weekend. So a lot to get to on a Monday edition of the show. Today title sponsor on the podcast is our good friends over at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and save yourself 20% on your next order. We are also brought to you today in part by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. We'll talk about both of those companies later on in today's podcast. All right, let's waste no more time and get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 19th, 2020. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars here. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button if you haven't done so already or if you're new to the show. Our goal here is to be your guys' one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each and every day, as well as giving you insider tidbits that you will not find anywhere else, and I mean that sincerely. So a big thank you once again for your support of the show, and hopefully you guys will join us each and every day. Kicking off today's podcast, let's talk about BYU and the football program. Yesterday, the announcement coming, they have moved up to number 11 in the coaches poll and number 12 in the Associated Press poll. If you guys are new to the podcast, I put more weight into the AP poll. That's the one I believe is more valid in my mind. I know that polls are all very subjective. Let's be clear about that. But BYU moving up two more spots after their 43-26 to road win at the University of Houston. I think the Cougars can just continue to impress the national media. I saw uh, two different pollsters, one of them Kirk Bowles, who's had BYU very high the entire year. Uh, Two pollsters have BYU as high as number four in the country. The low comes at number 21, I believe, from a writer in Kansas City. So BYU is moving up in the national polls. And I think that the story now is, is BYU continues to win. And they opened up this week against Texas State as 30-point favorites. It's not the high on the season as they were 35-point favorites over UTSA. And obviously, we all know how that game ended. But I still think BYU being a 30-point favorite against a 1-5 Bobcat squad, Cougars should go out and try and put up some style points over the next two weeks. Obviously, after they face Texas State this coming Saturday, they're going to take it one week at a time, but we can take it two at a time here. They have Western Kentucky. Uh, ahead of a matchup at Boise State against what should be, hopefully at that point, a nationally ranked Boise State squad. But obviously, Boise State has to take care of their uh, games ahead of BYU. I believe it is Utah State at home this week and then a road date at Air Force, if I'm not mistaken, for the Broncos. But I think all eyes are looking ahead three weeks to that game up there at Albertson Stadium. But I think the question now is if BYU continues to win, and I have no reason to believe they won't be 7-0 ahead of that game against Boise State, how high in the polls can BYU climb? Uh, I saw it on Twitter yesterday, and I agree with this. I don't remember who put it out there, so I apologize if I'm not giving you your due credit for it. But the thing with BYU in the national polls is, yes, their level of competition 
is not power five caliber. We can all freely acknowledge that. But the bigger thing is, is what BYU is doing against the caliber of competition. They are by and large dominating teams that are not on the same level as them. Obviously, the UTSA game is the exception to that rule. Uh, they won that. I called it a clunker. I, I, it's one of those games. You always have to struggle through those. And good teams find a way to win games. And then BYU comes back against one of the best teams or probably the best team on their schedule to date against the University of Houston. So, as BYU, if they continue to win, are they going to move up one or two spots every week? That means by the time BYU and Boise State square off, BYU could be a top 10 team, folks. I think a lot will be determined over the next two weeks if that's going to come to fruition with the Big Ten beginning play. Also, the uh, Mountain West Conference begins. And then the same weekend that BYU plays Boise State, the Pac-12 joins the fray. But... I have no reason to believe that the national media is going to just automatically downgrade BYU after they beat, let's say, Texas State this week and then Western Kentucky the week after that. I think the national media believes in BYU. I think they also believe in Zach Wilson. A 400-yard, four-touchdown performance will do that for you, folks. He is being mentioned among the top four for the Heisman Trophy. It is absolutely crazy to think in this weird year of 2020 that Zach Wilson could find himself as a Heisman Trophy finalist, but this is not the quote-unquote local media making this up. A lot of Utah fans out there are about as salty as I have ever seen them, and I think it just goes to the evidence of what kind of a brand BYU football is when they're playing at a high level, an elite level. It, it, it makes other fan bases angry. And sure, go right on ahead and be angry about it. But guess what? It's not the local media that's out there writing these stories. We've seen stories from USA Today, Yahoo Sports, The Athletic, uh, ESPN. They are praising BYU, folks. And that's the fun part about this. So I believe that BYU, by the time Boise State gets here, I can see the Cougars sitting at number 9, number 8, number 10, somewhere in that range, the back half of the top 10. And I truly believe that will happen if they take care of business. Kalani Satake is very fond of saying it's week to week. We take everything one week at a time. We have to go 1-0 and this week. His players talk about it all the time. And I'm sure we'll have media availability later today. And at some point during that conversation, there is going to be a comment from Kalani Satake talking about the fact, yeah, we need to go 1-0 and this week or something to that effect. BYU is a good football program. As I said on my post-game uh, reaction podcast I put out early Saturday morning, I'm on the train, folks. I wanted to see how they would do against the University of Houston, and I'm not going to lie. Midway through that first half when BYU looked like they were falling apart, I was like, man, is this where the dream's going to die? But then they go out there, and in the second half, limit uh, – the University of Houston to 105 total yards after they had 333, if I'm not mistaken, in the first half. And then they just rumble to a victory. This is a good football program. I'm a believer. I am on the train. Joe Weed, if you haven't heard the podcast already, you can put me on your graphic. I've been off to the side with Coach Mateos and the quote-unquote poison. You know what? I'm drinking the poison. This is a good football team, and I am excited to cover them. I'm looking forward to seeing how everything goes going forward. So I believe BYU ranked number 12 this week. There's no reason they can't jump to 10 next week, maybe number 8 by the time Boise State gets here. But, of course, we'll have that all covered for you as we talk about this each and every day. All right, coming up here in just a second, we're going to look back at the Houston game. I had a chance to rewatch the game. 
watch the tape, as coaches like to say. What did I take away after a second viewing of that game? We'll get to that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar, guys. I love this company. I had a good conversation with one of our listeners over the weekend, and he asked me this simple question. You really like these bars, don't you? And I said, yes, I do. I absolutely love Built Bars. I crave them. They taste like a candy bar to me, and they are the perfect snack for me on my health journey. I'm still trying to cut weight. I'm a pretty heavy set gentleman, but I'm trying to lose weight, and Built Bar has been a big part of that. They're perfect for the health-conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, guys. All of the bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, but high-protein, high-fiber, and they're a perfect fit for the keto diet, if that's something you're doing, guys. Check it out. 18 different flavors, nut and non-nut flavors. I have loved every single one of them that I've had. I believe at this point I've had every flavor. Some of my favorites personally, I've actually become a big fan of the raspberry, the orange. Uh, One of the new flavors they launched just recently, Cherry Barcia is absolutely incredible. And also caramel brownies, a pretty dang good one, guys. I'll tell you what, there are 18 flavors. I believe that you will find a flavor in that bunch that will work for you. You go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll save 20% off your next order. Once again, it's the promo code LOCKEDON, 20% off at BuiltBar.com on your next order. It's a great way to save some money on the best tasting protein bars on the market, guys. Check it out. That's BuiltBar.com. And when you stop by, use that promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your order and thank us later. Let's break into some film review of BYU and Houston, folks. Of course, I watched the game live. You guys follow me on Twitter, at Jacob C. Hatch. I am tweeting throughout BYU football games. I tweet throughout the day, period. But football games, high-volume tweets come that way. But I think every time I go back and watch the film, I learn something about the BYU football program. And, of course, I'm going to share those notes with you guys now. First things first, and I think this is actually a, a stepping stone and a I guess what we'll call a a moment where BYU, I think, grew as a football team. In the final quarter and change for BYU, they stonewalled the University of Houston on five straight offensive series for the Red Cougars. That was in stark contrast to the first half when Clayton Toon sands one pass based on what I understood that was not a spike, had hit on every pass in the first half. Uh, The University of Houston rolled up 333 total yards in that first half. The second half, 105 total yards, 99 of which, or 98 depending on which uh, stat broadcast you look at, came on that one touchdown drive. This was a marvelous second-half outing for BYU's defense, all things considered, especially in the fourth quarter. The big reason for that is because BYU trusted their defensive backs to play cover one, cover zero. They trusted their guys to play man-on-man coverage. This is something that I cannot recall under the direction of Kalani Satake and Elisa Tuiaki on BYU's defense, them doing. Even going back to the Bronco Mendenhall era, it was very rare for him to go with a cover zero blitz or a cover one blitz and send the house at guys. This was something I felt like BYU learned. You know what? Our defensive backs, they can hold up in man-on-man coverage. They didn't do it the entirety of that fourth quarter. Let's be clear about that. But it was something that I think that Kalani Satake, Elisa Tuiaki, and the rest of the BYU defensive coaching staff learned about this team. These cornerbacks, Chris Wilcox, Keenan Ellis, the safeties, Zane Anderson, and Troy Warner, those are your four starters in this game against the University of Houston, but behind them even, guys like Micah Harper, who will be out next week for the first half due to that targeting ejection, but regardless, 
I think BYU proved, you know what? You can trust us to go cover guys and we will get the job done. That is going to make BYU all the more dangerous on defense. I thought it was one of those moments in a program that you say, you know what? This team has grown up. They've taken another step. And maybe just a, a mirror, smoke and mirrors from that game alone, I may be proven wrong in the next couple of games. I hope I'm not. But I think that BYU showed their coaching staff, the secondary in particular, you know what, folks, coach, you can trust us. You can put us out there on that quote-unquote island and let us do our thing. We will get the job done more often than not. Additionally, in this game on defense, the four-man front for BYU was a stroke of genius late in this one. Putting up two defensive tackles and two defensive ends, Zach Daw, he was a star. Eight total tackles, three of them solo, had a sack in this game and a pass breakup. If I'm the defensive coaching staff, Zach Dahl might be, might, might be my player of the week. He was absolutely marvelous on that defensive line, but guys like Tyler Batty, Bracken Elbakri, I thought Alden Tofa was extremely strong coming on in that fourth quarter as the other opposite end for BYU in that four-man front. This was a defensive final quarter and change. I think really has shown this coaching staff, you know what, maybe some of the stuff we've been hoping we could do, but we haven't tried it yet, might actually work for us. We might actually be able to do that moving forward. That is my massive takeaway after re-watching the film. I thought BYU's defensive outing was great watching it live, obviously. You go and stonewall a team that just motored up and down the field on you all night long, and you make it look like they hadn't played a down for large chunks of that fourth quarter. And the offense for BYU really was very, very good in that game. They made great adjustments in-game. But BYU, for all of the griping that myself and many thousands of you also have made over the years with regards to Elisa Tuiaki and the lack of adjustments by BYU... This is a game that the adjustments were made, they worked, and BYU as a result is now 5-0 and on the season, halfway through their season, and everything's looking up for the Cougars. That's the positive news. That was my big takeaway after re-watching this game. Other things I learned about this team, I also thought that uh, one thing that came up, and I had this question asked to me by my own brother and some of you on social media as well, well, was Kalani Satake signaling and calling the plays in the second half? What was the cause for the difference of the defense? If you guys have been listening to this podcast for any length of time, I have told you guys, Kalani Satake took on a bigger role with the BYU defense midway through last season. He may not be calling the plays. He does signal them in from time to time, and you saw that late in the game against the University of Houston. It is something that he has done for the majority of the past year or so that BYU has been playing games, tried the back half of last season, and I guess the first half of this season. You'll see him signal in defensive calls. He is very invested in the game plans for the defense. He also allows Elisa Tuiaki and the rest of the coaches on that side of the ball to have their input and put game plans together. But I'll tell you what, if Kalani Satake wants something done with the BYU defense, it gets done. I mean that. He is not a guy who has been sitting idly by and letting Elisa Tuiaki get away with whatever he wants. He has stepped in. He's having influence on game plans. He's having influence during games about what BYU should adjust, should adjust to do. He understood, I think, midway through last year that, you know what? This ship may be sinking. I may go down with it, but I've got to do my part to make sure that ship doesn't go down and protect my gig. And he has done that. 
I think that the Houston game most recently, I think he probably made the suggestion, hey, we should go with a four-man front here. This is just me talking about this. I'm not reporting this in any way, shape, or form. I do not know if he went to a license and said, we're going with a four-man front and we're going with man coverage on the back end. I don't know that. But knowing what I know of Kalani Satake and his tenure at the University of Utah, as well as his one year at Oregon State, he is a guy who likes to play with a four-man front alignment on defense. He also likes man coverage. I think this defense grew up in this game and showed him, you know what? We can do this, coach. Trust us to do it, and we'll go out and get that done. That was something that was great to watch. A couple other notes for you guys. Dax Milne, I'm going to say this, and it may sound like heresy to some of you, but he is the best receiver in 10 years in a BYU uniform. And I'm talking, that includes the run that Cody Hoffman had. Dax Milne is nearly impossible for an opposing cornerback to cover one-on-one. He's almost impossible to jam off the line. He's got the ability to get himself open. He has sure hands. He has all of the speed that I think you need to have as a wide receiver. He is simply the best receiver BYU has seen in some time. I am extremely impressed with that young man. Obviously, nine receptions, 184 yards, three touchdowns. It's an absolute career day for him alongside his quarterback, Zach Wilson. But I do think that he has become one of the best BYU receivers in quite some time, and I'm really impressed with what he did out there. A couple other notes for you guys on this include, I thought Keenan Ellis did a great job in his first start this season. I re- If I recall correctly, I don't think he started any other games. I thought he was very strong on the opposite side of Chris Wilcox. Chris Wilcox showed he's a true cover corner, has the ability to stay with any wide receiver, had that fantastic coverage that drew the offensive pass interference call there late in that game. I think that's your tandem of starting uh, cornerbacks moving forward. And we'll see if any other cornerbacks are able to move up. Michael Harper has had a great run as a starter for quite some time during the season. But I think that Keenan Ellis, he moved past him on the depth chart during last week's practice, and he did nothing in that game against the University of Houston that makes me think that he is going to be being benched or being moved back down the depth chart for the time being. Those are two very tall, lengthy, and fast cornerbacks, speaking of Wilcox and Ellis. I think it's going to engender a lot of confidence from the BYU football program and their coaching staff to say, you know what? We can go with that single man high, the cover one defense or a cover zero defense, and trust these guys to stay with their receiver and cover them and go after some of these quarterbacks if they're getting too comfortable in the pocket. It's a great thing. It's a great moment. I'm going back to my original point here, but it's been a great moment to watch BYU finally break through with that man coverage. And here's hoping it stays with the Cougars. It's something they build on moving forward here. So there you go. Some of my main takeaways after rewatching the film against the University of Houston, a great win, no doubt. Obviously, BYU rallying with, what was it, 29 points? Uh, Not 29 points. Let's see, it would have been... Uh, 20, I don't know. I'm trying to do math on the air. Might have been 29 points, obviously, in that win in the second half. And just a marvelous outing. There's no doubt about that. And congratulations to the Cougars. Now they turn their attention to a 1-5 Texas State team. And here's hoping they can go out and run up the score once again and put some style points on the scoreboard. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we are going to talk about that game against Texas State because some good news for you BYU fans, you have an opportunity to watch the Cougars in action. We'll talk about that, catch up on everything else going on in BYU Sports News here in a moment as well. Today's show is brought to you, though, by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. I've told you a lot about this company, but I'm telling you guys right now, this is the best company for uh, pest control needs, no matter what it is. Mice, spiders. 
spiders, ants, no matter what you guys got, wasp nests, I don't know what you're dealing with, but All Guard Pest Control has the expertise and the know-how to make sure it's taken care of, guys. It's abated, and you never have to worry about it again. They take care of my home. I hope that you will allow them to take care of yours. They're taking the utmost precautions right now with COVID-19, wearing masks, wearing gloves. They are an essential service, so they are out there servicing you guys anytime you need them. You can call them anytime, 801-851-1812. Once again, their phone number, 801-851-1812, or go online to learn more about them at allguardpestcontrolswithans.com. One thing real quick about All Guard, we talked about this last week. This Friday will be our first chat with Seth, the owner of All Guard Pest Control. He's going to answer some of your guys' questions on the podcast. And those questions, whoever gets uh, picked, et cetera, you send them into question, you'll be entered to win a free service from All Guard Pest Control. You can't beat free, folks. Send in your questions now. You can email them to lockedonbyu at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at lockedoncougars on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram at lockedoncougars as well. Submit your questions. We'll have uh, Seth address one or two of them on Friday's show. And like I said, anybody who submits a question, you will be entered to win a free service from All Guard Pest Control. So it's a great opportunity to get the best coverage, the best service when it comes to your pest control needs. That's with our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. Great news, BYU fans. 6,000 of you will be joining me and the rest of the media who have been attending BYU games at home so far this season in the stands at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And the news of this is that the individuals who originally purchased tickets for the home season opener against Troy will have your tickets honored for this Saturday's game. The BYU ticket office will honor those tickets and will distribute the new tickets for Texas State on October 22nd. That's this Thursday. They'll also have the information on how you're supposed to access the game, gauge you're supposed to enter all of that good stuff it's a great opportunity folks obviously many of you traveled down to the university of houston there was a great byu contingent there there were supposed to be i think 10,000 fans in the stands there at uh, tdecu stadium and that was a great thing to see i think a lot of byu fans had a great time watching the cougars in person well 6,000 of you'll have the opportunity to do so this saturday night hopefully you guys will all bring the noise with about 10 percent of capacity there at lavelle edwards stadium i think it's gonna be a great opportunity and it's gonna be a fun night late night there against texas state but you know what it's been a long time coming folks and here's hoping over the next couple of weeks BYU can continue to add to that level of spectators maybe move it to 10,000 12,000 15,000 before the end of the season there will be three more home games after this one and we're looking forward to seeing more of you out at Lavelle Edwards Stadium I know many of you have been jonesing to see the Cougars in action and here's your opportunity this week based on what I understand about the Troy game I don't think all 6,000 tickets were purchased so there will still some be some tickets obviously available and there will be probably some fans who had tickets tickets to the Troy game who will probably have to give them up or maybe won't be available to go to this game so there will be an opportunity if you're looking maybe to go to this game for you to go watch the Cougars in action I, it's going to be a fun night. I know that Texas State isn't the biggest of opponents, and there's many opponents on BYU schedule who don't necessarily have the quote-unquote brand name that you love, but you know what? Regardless, it is a huge opportunity to watch the Cougars in action. We're looking forward to that. So, big opportunity there. So, hopefully you guys get your tickets, and we'll see you out there at Lavelle's house on Saturday night. 
couple of the notes for you guys before we go uh, is that big congratulations to both men's and women's cross country from BYU. Obviously, the men's team trying to defend their national title this fall that they won last fall. They opened up their season along with the women's team out in Stillwater, Oklahoma at the OSU Invitational. That's on the campus of Oklahoma State. And it was a great day in particular for the women's team. Whitney Orton won the individual title, leading the women to a decisive first place finish. Connor Mance and Casey Klinger finished 2-3 on the men's side of things to help the men's team finish number three in their race. So a great showing all the same. The men's team, like I said, they're trying to defend their national title. It will have to wait until later on this year. There are no other meets scheduled for this fall. So the men's cross country and women's cross country programs, they'll continue to practice and get ready for the spring cross country season that will begin on January 23rd. The NCAA championships will then be held on the same OSU cross country course in Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, excuse me, on March 15th. So the men's team, there's plenty of time now to get themselves ready and hopefully defend that national title. Be cool to see them win back to back. But the women's team, that's very encouraging. They finished, I believe, second in the nation a year ago. That first place finish should give them a lot of confidence considering that's going to be the same course they're going to run the national championships on. So congratulations to the men's and women's cross country teams. And the last thing from today is uh, looking forward to seeing how the men's golf team does this week as they travel to California for their second tournament of the fall at the La Piracima College Invite. Uh, BYU didn't do so well in their first tournament. They're looking to bounce back. They'll be facing off against five other teams from the West Coast Conference. Excuse me, five teams in all from the West Coast Conference. They'll compete today and tomorrow at the La Piracima Golf Course in Lompoc, California. BYU, Pepperdine, St. Mary, San Diego, and Loyola Marymount are scheduled to participate again. Those were the same five teams that competed in Monterey with the Pepperdine Waves coming away with that victory. We'll see if the Cougars can do a better, have a better showing this week down there in Lompoc. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. Of course, tomorrow we'll recap what we learned from BYU's media availability today, Kalani Satake's weekly press conference. We'll start turning our attention to Texas State and getting ready for the BYU Cougars against the Texas State Bobcats. And of course, we'll have everything else covered in the universe of BYU sports along the way. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 19th, 2020, and we will talk to you guys manana. Thank you.